everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. I'm David. And today... Hi, I... Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Have... Yeah, introduce yourself. Go <laughs> for it. I messed, it. I messed it up already. <laughs> We're we're nice. still working on our guest introductions. Yeah, we funny. don't have it. We don't have a good uh, structure for a guest yet. No, no. Tell us who you are. The mystery voice over there. And that that's me. Hi, I am Stephen Narens. I'm a friend of all these compadres here. <laughs> I work at uh, Channel Six in Tulsa. Yeah, he awesome. works yes, one who everybody yells at when it rains. That's me. That's him. Get the weatherman, not us. Yeah, um, but Stephen, you are, uh, I think, self-proclaimed nerd about this stuff like we are right am i correct uh at least yes. the Marvel. that is a correct option well that's yeah marvel star wars the, yeah the whole shebang so yes that is a correct observation perfect so we are all on the same page here i think we're all big marvel people we're very excited to talk about dr strange in the multiverse of madness the latest in the mcu i don't even know what number film it would be overall second oh. dr strange though yeah. it's at least movie 20 something yes mm -hmm. that's true Crazy. So, what I thought we might do, since this movie is so new, is maybe kind of, we'll briefly go around and give like a really brief, spoiler-free reaction, and then we'll lift the spoiler hood and, and we'll go nuts. Does that sound fair? Sounds fair. Sure. Okay. Cool. We'll just go, I guess, clockwise with, my, or counterclockwise with my screen and start with David. Oh, um, you Guys, know, hey, I'm really... I'm really pleased with it, generally speaking. I, I, I have I have no real complaints, I have to say. Well, that's not really true. I do have some <laughs> complaints, but if someone was going to ask me, do I think they should see it, I would say, yeah, I think you should. If you love the MCU, the Marvel films, and if you were a big fan of Avengers and No Way Home, I should say Infinity War and Endgame and all those, I think you'll enjoy this. for the So I really liked it. I have been a... I've been a big fan of Doctor Strange for a little while. He's not one of the ones that I knew about for like when I was a kid, but when I started to get into the movies, when Iron Man really took off and I it started to seem like this was going to be a thing that they were going to be introducing characters left and right, I got really interested in finding out as much as I could about anybody who could show up. I got really and anybody that was sort of and basically, anybody who was created in the 60s is going to show up. Anybody that had Stan Lee or Steve Ditko or Jack Kirby, any of the, any of the, anybody they touched is already here. So I was really excited, and I've enjoyed myself. I thought that adding Wanda was a really smart move, and I have a lot of different thoughts on that, but we can get to those later. So, yeah, I, okay. I liked it. I'm a big Sam Raimi fan. I underestimate how many movies of his I enjoy. And I take for granted how many movies he has done. He has a great blend of superhero movies, doing all three of the Tobey Maguire movies, and horror movies, which is, uh, and I feel like Doctor Strange meshed with Wanda is a perfect assignment for Sam Raimi to do. And I think that he really got to Sam Raimi this movie at points. And it was a lot of fun. It was very enjoyable. Um, I think that... <clears throat> There are, I think this is a movie of moments rather than necessarily a movie of deep, deep substance. It is a good movie and has a lot of stuff going on. But I think overall, for me, this was just a really fun and enjoyable watch. And it was a nice, different kind of a pace for a Marvel movie. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I a lot of what Garrett and David said, I agree. 
like Gary just said, the pace was different and not in a bad way, I don't think. And I did enjoy it. I think we were talking about this before seeing yesterday, kind of expectations wise, after Spider-Man, especially it was, my expectations were through the roof, multiverse stuff. And then I kind of started going, ah, okay, maybe bring it back down a little bit. I don't really know where they're going with this. And then after watching it, I kind of came away going, oh, okay, you know what? That was pretty good. Yeah, was it, were there things to nitpick? Sure. But yeah, I enjoyed, I pretty much enjoyed the pacing. It was, there were one or two times where you were kind of like, it, it, the pacing seemed off slightly, but I mean, again, that's nitpicky stuff. I liked, yeah, I agree with Jared that I thought the same thing. I was like, man, I don't know why I had an idea in my head of like Sam Rady. Oh, I don't know how this is going to go because he's done a lot of things that are really good. So I don't know why I had that image of, I don't know if I'm not like Sam Raimi doing this. I don't know why, but um, I thought he did great. And yeah, we'll get into the spoilery stuff, but just Wanda in general was like, okay, <laughs> was something else for a yeah. lot of spoilery reasons, but I enjoyed it. And yeah, I agree. It's, it, yeah, overall, I was a fan um, and I thought it still ended up setting up some interesting stuff for the future. I liked, I liked, I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce the actress's name, but the, the girl that played him. So is that how you pronounce it? Okay. Sochi. I liked her. I liked, because we were talking about the history. I was like, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but I liked her. I liked America I, more than I thought I would, just because I don't, like you guys said, another character I know nothing about. Marvel does this all the time. And I'm like, David, I, I've done this since I started getting really into them several years ago. And every time they introduce one that I don't know about, I'm like, okay. Time to, time to do some comic book research, whether it was yeah. Guardians or, or any of the ones that they've introduced. And so I kind of did that a little bit with her, but not a whole lot. And I, I liked her a lot too. So yeah, I agree in general, non-spoilery. I was a fan. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I can't disagree with anything you guys have said so far. I enjoyed it quite a lot. And I thought Sam Raimi ended up being probably one of the best choices they could make for Doctor Strange and Wanda together. Like, I felt like he was, he really unlocked Doctor Strange and made him really compelling for the first time in his own movie. Because I, I thought this was a huge improvement from the first one. Huge improvement. In almost every way. Um, I loved Wanda. I have more to say about Wanda. I have more to say about America, but I loved her too. And yeah, I, I, I have a few nitpicky things just because it's not a perfect movie. There's some... Weird fan talk in the world right now. Some I don't agree with, some I can see, but overall, I thought it was really good and I enjoyed it a lot. So that's our collective spoiler-free review for everybody. So if you okay. haven't seen the movie yet, go ahead and stop now. Go watch it, <laughs> come back, and we'll talk about it later. And with that said, let's go ahead and tear into some spoiler territory. So in this movie... <clears throat> Doctor Strange runs into a young girl named America Chavez, who is a multiverse traveler. It's her power, but you can't control it. She's being hunted by Dunn. We find out Wanda, who is going to use her to find whatever verse exists out there where she can be with her kids from WandaVision and assumedly Vision, Vision again, but she's mostly concerned about the kids in this one. So we got Wanda turn bad. We got Doctor Strange got to stop her. Release the Kraken. What do we think? Yeah. yeah. 
I do want to, so to comment, I got to say the Sam Raimi thing, I, I had a good feeling it would work out because yeah. look at the long, you look at the long history of how these films have done. Sam Raimi is the blueprint because Kevin Feige right. was a young associate producer on Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2, as well as the first X-Men movies by 20th Century Fox. And Kevin has talked about when he young and working on those movies he just he studied what sam and what the directors for x-men what they focused on and said and, and when he finally kind of got to this position where he could do where he could do these movies he was like this is what directors of these types of movies want let's do that with sam coming in it was like he, he had all the tools and he didn't have to like necessarily fight the kind of fights that he had to do with sony it was great the second act of this movie where wanda goes on a like a murder hunt she possesses a, a multiverse version of herself and it is just creepy and cool and it's so easy it would be, so many people i think want to just want to jump to that one scene where we have this long list of cameos and uh, interesting like multiversal variations of other characters but i really do think that sam raimi and the writer michael waldron who wrote for uh, loki the series where they did manage, to my surprise, continue some of the emotional from the first Doctor Strange movie. You have this uh, template where he has this broken watch that kind of symbolizes his feeling of being kind of broken. You have this relationship with Christine Palmer from the first movie, and there's this running thread of Doctor Strange being asked, are you happy? You've achieved a lot, and you've done all this, but are you really happy? And him kind of coming to figure out what that means for him and being you know, being able to open up the ways he never had. And this great idea, Christine tells him in multiple realities, you always had to be the one holding the knife. You always had to be the one saving the day, being the hero. And we see that in Infinity War, in things like that, where he struggles to let go of that. And by the end of this movie, what does he do? He lets go and he lets somebody else save the day. It's so cool. They managed to pick those things up and go. I love it. I love the fact that they could have done more multiversal stuff, but I think it probably would have gotten to be just too much after a while. So I appreciate that we got to see some other versions of Doctor Strange. Gosh, I get, I, I, there's too much to talk about. Wanda. But I want to talk about Wanda because I think I know this is a Doctor Strange right. movie, and I want to talk about this being a palate cleanser after Spider-Man and and everything that we've gone through. It was nice to kind of have a centralized story, even though it went mega big and kind of set up a bunch of different stuff. Again, that we've talked about, it was a very centralized Doctor Strange story, even though I don't think he was the star. I think Wanda was the star. Caitlin or uh, Elizabeth Olsen was so good in this movie as an actress character i mean it was maybe one of the most standout performances in a marvel movie i've seen like it was she was just absolutely perfect and on point and to see her because i know that people like her and are a fan of her but in the comic book scarlet witch sometimes is good sometimes it's bad she bounces back and forth and she's gone through so much as a character it is nice to i was excited to see her as a villain because she was upper tier of all Marvel villains already. Like, she was just so incredibly good at, at her delivery and the way they wrote it and just everything was on point for her. So good to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you have anything that stood out to you, Stephen? 
I mean, yeah, I, I think we're all saying Wanda, and it's the obvious choice. But, ah, damn, she was good. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda, she was so good. And like you said, immediately, you're like, yep, she's one of the, I mean, because one of the nitpicky things of the Marvel fans is that eh, the villains can be underwhelming sometimes. Yeah. And she is not underwhelming in any way, shape, or form. Right. Uh, she's kind of terrifying. Um, and I, yeah, I just thought she was spectacular. I was, again, when I was trying to almost got nitpicky at, afterwards was thinking, because I think I mentioned this to a couple of you guys last night. I was like, it, it, my f- initial reaction was, oh, they kind of did Wanda dirty a little bit just because of what she went through in WandaVision. And it just initially, I was like, oh, she's just straight up bad now. But then after I rethought, I was like, no, I mean, like Garrett said, this, what she just did makes sense. Because she has just had nothing but grief her entire life, and so of course she would snap at some point. Like what? Of course she would. Um, go so ahead, David. I, what were you gonna say? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I want to say something, but I really don't want to interrupt our guest. No, his- <laughs> and I, and I know Josh has another go here, but I, I want to point something out. I want to point something out that I don't think people think about or realize. I realized it after I woke up this morning. Okay. Wanda has been given so much more than any villain has ever had for a movie because you actually understand her and you've seen, not just been told, you've seen her where her pain comes from. You see her motivation. But you want to know something funny? Wanda has the exact same motivation for why she's doing what she's doing that Kaecilius, the bad guy from the first Doctor Strange movie, had. He wanted to bring the dark dimension to Earth so he could be with his wife and daughter. That is literally the same motivation that Wanda has here. She's willing to break the rules for her own selfish gain. It's the same reason, but because we've seen more and we have a chance to understand her, it's so much more rewarding than just being told about it. Now, I'm not saying that that's an entire fault of the first movie. I don't need a six arc, a six movie arc for Kaecilius, but mm. I'm just saying how interesting it is that when you are able to show and not tell how much more rewarding it is. I'm sorry, Josh, go. I yes. think the Wanda thing is really interesting because it seems to be we're really playing into this relationship between the Marvel films and the Disney Plus shows in a way that we haven't done yet. And I've seen it seems like a common thread that I've seen in my early reaction gathering is that, yeah, people think that Wanda was done dirty a little bit or that it didn't make her turn to evil didn't make sense. And the, the theory I have on that so far is that Either people have forgotten the, I think it's a mid-credit scene in the WandaVision yeah. finale, yeah. Stinger, where yeah. she is seen with the Darkhold, being corrupted by it and turning evil, or they didn't, or they haven't seen the show at all, which is totally valid. I mean, if you didn't watch that show, yeah, I think this movie might be a little more difficult to follow, and you might think, yeah, that's a swift turn for her because I didn't see the show, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, they just didn't understand what that scene so, meant. From that perspective, I get it. But when you see the pieces together, it's like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, WandaVision, the ending was that she, I don't know, a, found some kind of peace, but then it was revealed as the last-minute twist that she did not. She made her peace with oh, Vision. People remember that. She made her peace with Vision. It was the kids that were necessarily make her peace with the And kids. I did love that. And I thought she also, Elizabeth Olsen as an actress, worked really well in a horror element. Wanda was often really scary to me. I'm about to say another awfully big spoiler, so I really feel the need to say again that I'm going to spoil some stuff. 
But one of the biggest jump scares for me was when she very like quickly appeared out of that red fog and snapped Professor X's neck right then and there. It was like, and yeah. that was, it scared yeah. me. Yeah, Professor X is in this movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, also yeah. Professor X is in this movie. He goes, yeah. yeah. Like, Wanda, in a bigger he, cameo than I anticipated, to be he, honest with he you. He had his own scenes. Yeah. He so, stood like, up and walked and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, Wanda's like hunting them was terrifying, whether it was at the temple and going through the water and, and uh, in the, through the mirrors and all that stuff, or whether it was when she was hunting herself, like when the when she's like walking by and she looks at a picture of herself and the picture's like, oh, I yeah. was like, ah. Anyhow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, camera turns. That Ols one where she Olsen's... turns and faces the camera, you're like, whoa. And, I think uh, it, Elizabeth Olsen has really intense eyes. And, and I, I think that it worked to her advantage in this movie. And I, I want to get to the Illuminati scene now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Wanna, I do want to mention, though, there's an, a, we were talking about the pacing of this movie, how it's different. Sam Raimi, I think this is, that's his touch, is that he has a smoothness to his transitions. Like a Absolutely. scene will be somewhere, and then like it, things will move just a little bit, and all of a sudden it's a different scene. Very like, these, he always, it's very, his transitions are very subtle, and it just works. And he expands, I mean, he expands so well, it starts off, every movie that he does, it starts off with this slow kind of tense, like it takes a little bit, and then you hit that middle, and it goes, okay, and then he just kicks it into overdrive and goes absolutely batshit crazy sometimes, and that's what he does in this, I mean, he has a Fantasia fight, it's amazing, like, there are so many just cool moments that he delivers on. But yes, the um, Illuminati scene. Let's get to it, man. The Illuminati. It was what I thought. It was a little bit of what I thought it was going to be. And then things that I had, I never thought they would do that in a million years. And so we're introduced by, we were right. I was right that he was in this movie, but it wasn't how I thought. Utel Ejiofor returns as Baron Mordo, the Sorcerer Supreme of his universe. He introduces the Illuminati as Captain Carter, who you might remember from What If. Black Bolt, played by Anson Mount from the failed Inhumans TV show. That was, that, Anson Mount? that was Anson Mount. That was Anson Mount, as you might know him from Strange New Worlds, Doc. Yeah, I do. I do. And uh, then you true. have Lashana Lynch from Captain Marvel uh, playing this version of Captain Marvel. John Krasinski, Jim himself, as yeah, literal, I guess, absolutely fantastic score. What a, I, we all hope, we all we've all seen the fan castings. We all thought it could, okay, maybe. And then there it was. And it was just as good as I would hope. Who knows where that will go in the future. But yeah. then my favorite moment, even though we all knew it, we all saw it in the trailers, right? I assume. We all heard the voice. We all had a good feeling it was coming. But when Professor X glided on screen and it went... Oh, the X-Men theme. The little, the little X-Men animated series uh, riff. I, I laughed out loud. It, not like in a, not in a, this is funny, but in I could, I was happy for myself kind of laugh in the theater. Felt very good Did about you, it. What did you think about that moment when Professor X rolled on the, on the scene? Oh, I mean, like David said, unfortunately, they kind of ruined it in the trailers, which I hate when they do that, but most yeah. movies ruin, ruin stuff in the trailer. One surprise. Um, but yes, when the, yeah, I, 100%, as soon as that classic movie, the mu uh, music started playing, I was just like, oh, there it is. I was like, yeah. ah, I just, I, that made it, that added something because, like, his introduction had been kind of spoiled, but that initial that immediately was like, oh, that redeemed it for me because I was like, that okay, there we go. Yeah, so I loved 
loved uh, his introduction with the music and same with Krasinski. I mean, I, you wonder, but I was like, yeah, they've been fan casting him for years. I don't know. And then when he showed up, it was like, oh, that was probably the biggest whoa moment uh, for me. There was a, I remember whenever he was in the running early on to be considered for Captain America, I told, I, I think I told Josh this yesterday, I, I created a Facebook page, fan page of an attempt to get John Krasinski as Captain America. I was like, like this page and it'll definitely get Krasinski. It got like 20 likes. It was ridiculous, but. It was really cool. And, and because they handled it the way that they handled it, they introduced all these people, fan casting, bringing this stuff in. But the fun part is, is this is a horror movie. And, and it's a multiverse movie. So he's in a different universe. Are these people real? Are these people going to be cast as those people in the future? Who knows? Because if you see the movie, what happens to him? Well, so it is a very interesting thing what they're going to do move forward. But even if they don't, they gave you that moment and it was so freaking good. Yeah. And we, and they, and because of Loki, we know that some variants look exactly alike and some look completely different. So mm -hmm. John Krasinski could be the Fantastic Four of that universe, but I, the MCU's John Krasinski could be a different guy and it could be just a moment of fan service. Ha, we gave you that thing you wanted, but we're not going to do that going forward. I just want to go on the record we'll and say I'll be very disappointed if they do that. I think I would be because I don't I want fan don't service. I, I want re the real thing. I do People too. have already started a a separate but also good thread, which is now that John Watts has been John Watts has stepped down as director for MCU's Fantastic Four. People want John Krasinski to direct and star. Which <laughs> after Quiet Place one and two, I'd be totally cool with. I think absolutely give him a he shot. Kinda, he kind of knows what he's doing. He does. I mean, yeah. Give him yeah, a shot. I, I thought the exact same thing. I was like. If they go another way and cast someone else in the MCU's Fantastic Four, I kind of want to give them some credit for doing that, for being bold enough to be like, no, no, we're going to do something different. But I want him to, I want it to be like, so. He's just such a famous person that it's hard to see it as a ruse. He's well, so do we, <laughs> do, again, that scene, they all, a lot of those people did not make it out very well. You know <laughs> no. what I'm saying? Uh, no, exactly. and, and that is exactly another thing I've seen is people seem to be upset that they were introduced and then all wiped out pretty quickly. But like, yo, what are you smoking? Different you know universe. that it's not real. Different yeah. universe. It's a multiverse. And it's a horror movie. You have to have big people die in yeah. a horror movie. Oh, yeah. It, it has to happen. This is a absolute horror movie. I'll tell you what. This is what they and, wanted. And, and I'll tell you what. people that did not make it out alive were worthy of dying and they were it fun was, surprise deaths yeah, it, it was, was hardcore great. their deaths are like not meaningless but also like we know that they were they were expendable for the sake of showing just how dangerous wanda is and i'll tell you mm -hmm. what she bodied these cats as people. oh yeah oh yeah black gold and krasinski go down without a fight without oh, a fight I, there was a part of me not that i'm one of these people but when captain carter was still hanging in there for a little while I, I thought of in the movie, I thought of that. Did you guys ever see that robot chicken bit with Molar, the attorney and dentist? <laughs> where yes. these two guys come out to fight Molar and he's a dentist and he ties one of them up with dental floss and then the other guy comes up and he gets stabbed in the eye with a drill. And I just kind of felt like you know, Black Bolt had to be like, okay, how come I got the drill in my eye but Captain yeah. Carter gets thrown around the room with magic powers? Captain Carter would get her due, <laughs> don't worry. In, in one of the bloodiest images in a while, the, these movie, this movie had some bloody stuff for the MCU, which is fine yeah. by me, generally. But, yeah. Yeah, this my, was... My, that was cool. My most 
favorite hardcore moment in the movie. And, and not in terms of gore, but in just terms of this is, I think, defined under metal is when Sam Raimi really lets his freak flag fly, I think, and has Doctor Strange use dark magic to possess his own corpse. Mm-hmm. And then with that dark magic, create giant bat like wings out of the souls of the damned. I know. And then fly I into know. a mountain. I'll tell you what, I that figured was I, creepy. I, I figured out what he was gonna do about six seconds before he did it. And I went, <laughs> I went and went, wait a minute. And then he went, and then he went, Who said they had to be alive? And I yes. went Yes. And as it I was happening, too, as the music like, swelled, I went, Oh and I was like, <laughs> This is gonna be insane. And then it it was insane. <laughs> I can see how some people would see that as jumping the shark a little bit because I found it that way. But it, again, oh you have God, to let if you're gonna, it was so cool. If you're going to let Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi, then jumping the shark is a bit of it like it happens. And so because of who it was directing this movie, I had zero issues with it. But if you're not a fan of Sam Raimi and I could feel like that can be a moment where people went. I also think that there's an extent of you have these characters like Doctor Strange and Wanda and, and Scarlet Witch who have these immeasurable potential that everybody talks about. Like, oh, if they ever went full force, they'd be unbeatable. It's kind of a waste to never let them do that kind of thing, to never have mm-hmm. them do some bat crazy stuff. So yeah. I really, like, I, maybe it's too far. Maybe it's too weird. I don't know. Like, it's, I think it's, I think it's just weird enough because who knows when they'll ever make another Doctor Strange movie. Get your good ideas out now. Then you got Absolutely. Christine with her weird light cannon being like, go back to hell. Boom. Yeah. You, that was in the first Doctor Strange movie. You remember? Yeah. He held it up and he was like, you don't know how to use that. You remember? And, he, oh. and Dr. Strange was like, oh. remember? Sam, see, Doc, Sam Raimi, he watched that movie. He did. Do we have any box office numbers? We have some opening day numbers. The early estimate right now for opening day is 90 million total, which is the what will be. I believe one of the either the eighth or ninth highest opening day ever. It is right in line with Infinity War in terms of that number. My early estimate for opening weekend is going to be somewhere between one, I would say 190 and 210, I think is pretty reasonable, wow. which would be almost what Doctor Strange 1 made in its entire domestic gross. Number for a movie, I'm honestly surprised. It would make mm-hmm. it, it would make it immediately, if that number holds out, let's say it's 200 million just to, in the middle if it makes 200 million in its opening weekend it would be the number two movie of the year immediately um with just the batman ahead of it it's at at 90 million at this estimate for day one it's already the number five movie of the year Uh, we are still coming out of a pandemic there are still a lot of movies that haven't not necessarily the most successful movies have opened this but it is like this it just could be another sign that kind of shows that not every movie is going to succeed right now, but Marvel movies, Marvel Studios movies definitely will. I won't say Marvel movies. People say that generally, like they'll throw in like Morbius. The summer of and, Morbius, baby. And things like that. With that. And it's technically, it's a Marvel character, but it's not Marvel Studios. Okay. So that's the thing. Yeah. But anyway, that would be huge. I don't know where it'll finish because it's like the Batman. It probably only has a between 45 and 90 day window in theaters so how long of a run it'll have is hard to say they left spider-man in theaters longer than those windows so maybe because maybe if it does really well they'll leave it in longer but i would assume it's going to be on disney plus in about a month and a half 
But yeah, that's all I've got. There's nothing else to really report. It has made 229 million overseas already or worldwide already. So that's overseas cool. has done really well too. So that number is yeah. always a little higher first week though. Wow. Why don't, as, as we kind of wind down Deep here, digits. why don't we give our own little zero, zero to five rating on this movie? Yes. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it a four and a half. I'm going to say it's nearly perfect for me. We didn't even talk about, didn't even talk about the fact that Charlize Theron showed up in this movie. Yeah. Okay. I know. I know. I, when it happened, I was like, like, Charlize Theron. And my wife was like, I didn't know you were such a big fan of hers. I'm like, I'm I'm not necessarily, but it would be like if Brad Pitt showed up. Yeah. That's a big Somebody you totally don't expect just appears. It'd be like if George Clooney walked in and went, I need to talk to you, man. You'd be like, George Clooney? That's how or I felt. like if the camera strong. panned and there was John Krasinski. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be like if John Goodman showed up. It'd be like, it'd be like, they, why is he here? I can't believe that it was John Goodman. Like, I just kind of thought Charlize Theron was the kind of actress who wasn't going to be in these movies. So that yeah. was crazy. I love the Bruce Campbell. The Even though it's a gag ending, even though it's a gag post-credit scene. And generally, I don't like the, the gag post-credit scene. I love Bruce Campbell's gag at the end. Bruce Campbell's the best. Always Bruce Campbell with the slow pan in or the quick pan in to do it. Great. Anyway, four and a half. Practically yeah, perfect four and in and my half. opinion. Mine's a, I'm going to go with a four. It's a little bit lower. My main nitpick is I felt like we didn't see enough of the multiverse. Yeah. We saw like two or three multiverses, maybe. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about them. <laughs> yeah. That's my nitpick, though. That's fine. Sure. I think in the moment I'm going to, I'm going to, I think after this conversation, I'm going to raise it to a four, but for me, I think this lands right in between the three and a half, I, like my ideal ranking for this is three, seven, five. What about you, Steven? Yeah. What do you think, Steven? I'm a inaugural rating. Boy, can I give it a 4.25? Is that oh, an extremely will allow, allow it. it? Of course, the math weather guys do mean some weird, like very specific 4.23. number. number. Yeah, I'm going to rate it pi. No. Far can you count to pi? That's what you rate yeah. it. Now I'm 4.25 because I was like four and I was like, honestly, I liked it a little more than that. 4.25. Now I agree with Josh. I was like, I wanted to see a little more, maybe just a few just more a universes. More. I, I felt like we got a good amount of multiverse stuff, but I wanted to see a couple more universes. I agree with that. This is backtracking, what you mentioned earlier about, or I think you mentioned that, that um, I, given how everything in Pan Aspect and Spider-Man, I was like, oh my God, we're going to just, see everything we're gonna see every variant every iteration here and they didn't do that and initially i was like oh darn but then i kind of thought no actually i'm good with this because at a certain point it would have just become a movie of cameos and that i wouldn't i as fun as it would have been in the moment i would have looked back later and been like okay that was you just spent a lot of time with cameos all that to be said yeah i'm like a 4.25 because again wanda was spectacular um there were some nitpicks here and there i was a fan awesome Awesome. It was a high marks from all of us. The, the movie, we literally came out yesterday because I won't count Thursday as of this recording. So the letterbox score, which we would normally have a guessing game, is a little too fluid right now, I feel like. So we'll oh, skip good. that portion. I'll, I'll save that for a tiebreaker later then. Save it then, whatever you want to do. Good call. Yeah. Um, but that's it for the show. Obviously, we could have talked much longer about this movie, I think, but we have to be, we have to be stopped sometimes. <laughs> We don't uh, need a two-hour podcast for a two-hour movie. No, you don't. We don't Some people do. We have done that. We have, we have done, done that. We'll do it. We <laughs> may do it again someday. So, yeah, 
Thanks for listening or, or watching whatever you did. Find us online at so many sequels.com. You'll find all our old episodes there and our links to our social. Thank you, Stephen, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This was yeah. fun. Great. We're, we're excited. We want to try to have you back Steve. again sometime, I'm sure. I, yeah, Steven, it, you... it, I, I would love to be back if you ever would have me back. What a, what's sure. a big franchise you're a fan of other than the Marvel movies? Oh, and Star Wars, that doesn't count either. Yeah, my Some Star Wars love is much more. Uh, we'll much we'll bring you in for the prequels. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, can say pl- I can say plenty about the prequels. Or you haven't done that yet. No. no. There's still one of those red herrings out there. Yeah. We will see y'all next time. Bye-bye.